Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Center. We're in the Southern Bank Core Studios here in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson at the Southern Bank Core Studio in Laurel, and we are glad you're with us. Opening segment of our show is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great supporters of USM. Great supporters of the Eagle Hour, and we're happy to say... Very good friends of ours. All right, great week for Golden Eagle Baseball. Eagles reel off uh, five wins, two midweek game wins, and then a weekend sweep over Arkansas State. It all started Tuesday night uh, down in New Orleans, followed by a Wednesday night Louisiana Tech game. Head baseball coach Scott Berry joins us uh, every Monday. And, Coach, let's uh, let's start back Tuesday, uh, one of those games that had everybody's heart beating pretty hard. Uh, as the Golden Eagles come back in the ninth inning to beat Tulane. You win by one, then you win by one at home against Louisiana Tech. Kind of recap those midweeks for us, Coach. Well, you know, Bob, it was tough uh, coming in late Sunday night from Coastal Carolina. Had had a big win to salvage uh, one of the three games over that weekend. And, you know, it was it was really big not getting swept. But, trust me there. But then we had to hit hit the road again on Tuesday back to Tulane. Um, and, you know, worried that, you know, we didn't really have our, our feet on the ground long enough to get some rest. And we weren't, hadn't been very good in midweek games as it was. I think we were three and five at that time. But, you know, I thought the team really responded and, and had to really overcome some adversity, obviously, there. We, they broke out two to nothing after a couple innings, and then we hit them with an eight run third inning. And, uh, you know, everything looked good. But, Give Tulane credit. They started clawing back, scored seven runs there in, in a couple of innings. Uh, there, I think it was a fifth and sixth. But down uh, down ten to uh, ten to eight, going into the ninth inning with three outs left, and you know credit um, credit Dustin Dickerson gets on one out uh, single guy make tries to make a dive and right, and, and Dustin gets on Slade Wilkes, who we've seen many times before deliver big clutch hits. It's a two-run homer to tie it. And then the very next at bat, uh, Christopher Sargent, who's really been swinging the bat of late, he jumps the yard and, and we're up 11-10. Uh, to 10. And then, of course, we turn the, the, the ball over there in the bottom of the ninth to Justin Storm, who goes out and has a very clean inning, strikes out two, and, you know, ends up getting his fifth save of, of the year. And big, big win for us. Turn around, have to play the next night against Louisiana Tech, who had – really beat us the week before uh, at their place 
three to one where it was a game where we just did not play very well over at their place. So kind of the revenge factor was in, in, uh, in play that night trying to get back. And, and so be it, we did, you know, we were able to put together a really good game. Uh, we won six to five It wasn't without tech making a comeback, hit a free run homer there in the eighth to put them within one, but it was Nick Monaster who hasn't pitched a whole lot for us in playing, you know, second base ever since this, this, the third game at Old Dominion. And we brought him in. He gets an out there in the uh, bottom of the eight or top of the eight and then has a clean ninth, three up, three down to, to earn a save. Uh, or I'm sorry, he actually got the win, mm-hmm. I think, in that game. So, uh, you know, proud, proud of him and uh, proud of our team being able to cover those two midweeks. And real quickly, kudos to Coach Burrow showing so much class wearing 44 uh, on our home field there. I, I know that doesn't surprise you, but that, no, he's a classy you know, he, guy. He, he meant the world to uh, to Lane. Coach Palmer meant the world to Lane just like he did to me. I mean, we all we are all very connected. Coach Palmer and I coached Lane at Meridian and then saw him move through the coaching ranks. I coached with him here at Southern Miss for seven years. He was actually on staff two years before I got here, so he was with Coach Palmer for nine before he – he left and, and pursuing other other op- opportunities, which enabled him to land a couple of head coaching jobs. So real proud of him. But yeah, uh, was very very much class what what he did that night. And, and like I said, he uh, he thanks the world the world of Coach Palmer as well. Yeah, no question. And I'm so glad to see we have midweeks against uh, Tech. That's not a series that I personally, as a fan, would like to see go away. All right, uh, Friday night, uh, I'm going to name two guys. I mean, when Slade Wilkes drives in five runs and Tanner Hall, he's so much fun to watch when he's in the zone, strikes out 15 batters. That's a that's a good formula for a 12-1 to win, Coach. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the only two walks he had, you know, this is what makes him so impressive is the fact that, you know, he had a really good first inning. I mean, it was like Tanner of last year. You know, I think the first guy gets a good swing off on him, and then he strikes out the next two guys with really, you know, his 90, 91 velocity is good. He's got action. He's getting below the barrel. But then he comes out inning two, and he walks the first two guys. And, uh, you know, on eight pitches. And you're thinking, where in the world did that come from? But then he quickly is able to make that adjustment like the good ones do, and he strikes out the next two guys. and and then gets the other guy to, to pop out to, to, to Sarge at first. And, you know, the rest was history. I mean, he was totally in the driver's seat. Gave up a run there, I think, in the sixth inning. Uh, but outside of that, you know, they uh, he just really did – he did he didn't give them a chance. And, uh, you know, offensively, we scored 12 runs. We back it up in the first inning with five and four in the third. So, you know, makes it easy to go out there and pitch, I can assure you. But Slade Wilkes, two for four in that game with five RBIs. And, <laughs> you know, just, just a really, really good good performance yeah. from him and Dickerson and, and Nick Monaster had three hits that game, too. Right. The Bunker Hill Bomber, man, he, he's got a sweet swing. Uh, all right, then come Saturday, you, closer game, you win four to one. But kudos to Billy Odom because he got beat up pretty bad out on the East Coast. But – you know, he holds the Red Wolves uh, to a run, four hits and two walks, seven strikeouts, and uh, pitched well and uh, and I-, I thought did a really good job for you on the mound. Well, there's no doubt. I, you know, Billy and Tanner got roughed up um, 
over there in uh, at, at Coastal Carolina the week before, and so you know for them to both bounce back like they like they did and they're capable of doing tells you how they are as, as far as real pitchers on the mound. They're not throwers or pitchers, and Billy was just that. I mean, he plus and minus really nice, you know, adding, subtracting off the velocity with his change-up fastball, and he's able to throw that cutter at times in there and covered seven innings for us. You know, the first two games, Bob, we used four pitchers, and, you know, so our bullpen was completely fresh and, and ready to go on, on on Sunday, yesterday's game, but Billy and Tanner being able to cover seven innings apiece was was really huge. You know, Trey Hand covered two innings on Friday after after Tanner, and then Justin Storm comes in on on Saturday and, and throws a clean two innings with with three strikeouts. But you know, credit that offense once again. There in the first inning, we were able to get two uh, two runs across the plate. Uh, leadoff walk by Etzel Dickerson hits a double. You know, and then Sarge hits that two RBI single. And and the guy that threw on Saturday now was their was their best guy. I mean, he had a two four nine ERA. I mean, he was really good. And, yeah. you know, and for our guys to have some good at bats and I know we only scored four runs, but you know, that guy was, that guy, uh, Carmack was, he was really pretty good. I, I liked him. Good arm, a lot of movement on the ball, but our pitching and our offense was enough to, to seal the deal. Right. All right. Before we get to the, the home run derby, five home runs yesterday and a 17, seven win, you got Matthew Adams back on, uh, on the mound a little bit after suffering a shoulder problem. How do you feel that he did, and what is the what does the future look like for him, Coach? Well, you know, who knows? Obviously, I don't think he was possibly game ready. I think there's a lot of things you've got to factor into this. You know, he's coming off a shoulder injury that took him out of the game at uh, Old Dominion three weeks ago because there was obviously discomfort. So there's kind of a mental block right there that you have to kind of overcome first of all. And so he, he had only thrown two pins. He threw a pin on Tuesday and a pin on Thursday. And both, and, and honestly, it was to, to find out, do you feel good? Is there any discomfort? And there wasn't any. But, you know, you and I, you and I both know that, you know, the mind works kind of different ways. And, I, and not that I know what he was thinking, but I can only assume, you know, you're just sitting there and you're trying to throw and, and try to throw like you were prior to the injury. But in your mind, you're like, man, I don't want to feel that discomfort again. And he didn't, thankfully. And I think that's a great thing moving forward. But, you know, I kind of, on the other hand, say, you know what? He never had any live hitter ABs prior to his start on Sunday. His velocity was good. He was 90-91. I thought everything looked good. Problem was there in the first inning, he got himself in trouble. He got two quick outs. He walked a guy, hit a guy. And then they get a base hit, two back-to-back base hits that score two runs. So what we've seen Hannes before with walks and hit by pitches, that's kind of what got him on, on Sunday. All right, Eagles hit five home runs, including a grand slam by Carson Pato, overpower Arkansas State, and uh, 10 run them on a Sunday afternoon, 17-7. to Talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry. Get the guys in here with Coach right after this. Stay with us. Eagle Hour is on the air.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, we're glad you are. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Miss Kathleen right there on Hardy Street, campusbookmark.net. If you're out of town, Golden Eagles, like some I visited with this weekend at the ballpark, that's where they go, campusbookmark.net. Talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry off a, a fresh three-game sweep over Arkansas State. Uh, Lou Johnson's at the uh, Southern Bank Course Studio in Laurel. Fire away, Lou. Coach, uh, just dropped bombs yesterday, home runs. Great to see uh, how good we've been on, on Sunday. Um, can, can you, is, is there anything particularly? I mean, you look at really been multi run or, or uh, I should say more than 10 runs scored really uh, the, the last several weeks. No, not really. I mean, you know, honestly, it just, I think they just continue to work. Uh, last week we kind of talked about possibly the pitching side across the country. They're, you know, they're, they're starting to get more innings in them. And with that, they're starting to wear down a little bit. And maybe it's not the velocity that's wearing down. Maybe it's the, uh, the ability to locate and, and people are missing. Of course, you like to think as, as hitters get more and more at bats. Uh, under their belt, then they they become better hitters is what you hope. So, you know, maybe it's the south winds. I mean, certainly yesterday you saw the winds play a factor in some of those home runs. So things start warming up, balls start start flying a little bit more. Blake Johnson hits two, Peto with a big grand slam, Ewing got one, Etzel with the with the walk off. On the pitching side, uh, Will Armistead just continues to uh, to shine. I got unlucky a couple times yesterday, but I mean that slider of his was so effective yesterday, and, you know, he strikes out seven in a, in a little over three innings. You know, he's a great story. Cross Sibley's a great story. Those are two guys that, you know, we really hadn't counted on based on their evaluations in the fall and pre, pre-opening day. I mean, just it just didn't correlate to what we're seeing, in all honesty. But credit both those guys. They, they figured it out. Now, Cross did come back after Christmas and, and was a whole new picture. I mean, I remember Oz talking about how his pins were going better and he thought, you know, Hey, I'm thinking that maybe this guy's going to be able to help us, but you know, Armistead, you know, making that jump from junior college to, to D one, sometimes there's that adjustment. And I feel like that certainly is, is, is what happened to him, but he's made that adjustment. He's got that confidence and he's got, He's gotten himself in the zone. You know, what was hurting him before was just the ability to throw strikes and hurting himself by walks. And, I, and I'm saying this through the the scrimmage evaluations that we've had. But, yeah. you know, since he got his opportunity back about a month ago, he's really capitalized on that opportunity. And he's he's made us want to go to him more and more because of what we're getting out of him and what he's given his team. On Saturday, Christopher Sargent hits his ninth home run of the year, puts him at 46 uh, all-time, which ties him with Brad Wilcutt. Only three names above him, Walner, Maddox, and Cook. Uh, I think that may have surprised the little Southern Miss fans that because he struggled early on. But, man, in the last three weeks, man, he's really come on and, and has done uh, wonders for this offense. Yeah, I mean, credit credit him. I mean, he he got off to a really tough start for a long time. And Sarge has never been a guy that has hit for an average. I mean, you can look at the history of him. He hasn't. You know, in 21, he hit, I think he had 16 home runs. Last year, he had 21 home runs. Uh, I don't know, what's he, what'd you say he has now? Nine? Is that what he nine. has? Nine. 
now. But, you know, he's never been an average guy, but he's always been that guy that has a, has a chance to really change the game. And, and that certainly uh, is what, what we've seen with him and his at-bats. You know, on Friday night, he changed the game with a uh, with just a single. And, uh, you know, but it was a big two-RBI single that got us on the board there on, on Saturday's game. It wasn't a home run. But he's got that power that can get it up there. And, and as these temperatures start heating up, the wind starts blowing out, he's a guy that's strong, that can get it in the air, and it can just continue to go. So, Coach Barry, with the with the Kentucky Derby coming up this weekend, if we can compare your team to a horse race, you're coming around the final turn, headed down the home stretch. Your team's playing pretty good baseball right now, if I'm not mistaken, winners of six in a row. Uh, are there any areas – and you know, you want your team, obviously, to be playing its best baseball down the home stretch and into postseason play. Are there any areas of concern that that's bothering you at this point, some things that you'd really like to get cleaned up overall as far as your team's performance? No, you know, I think I've seen that scenario throughout the year, honestly, Kelly. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, you strive at the beginning of the year to play perfect baseball because that's what you have practiced and prepared for is to, to not make mistakes, not make errors, to to get runners in at third, less than two outs, to, to hit behind runners one year, nobody out at second. Just all those things, make those pitches and inherit runners and, and not give up runs. You prepare for but then reality sets in and you go, you know what, this is really a hard game to play. And it's, it's not as easy as, as you think it is. So, you know, there's been disappointments in this year, uh, obviously, because you know, we would like to be better than 28 and 15 right now and, and feel like we could have, but we're not. And uh, right now, over the last six games, uh, we've played really well. You know, we've played eight games in the last 10 days, and that's a lot of baseball, a lot of baseball. But these guys are playing well. Uh, they're playing together. You know, I think there's there's what I'm seeing. There's an attitude. There's a purpose with what what we're doing right now, and and uh, you know, I'm just I, I enjoy watching them go out and play because I think they, you know, right now it seems like they haven't figured out. But the game's hard, and you got to go out and play it every game. It is interesting because as fans, uh, we certainly enjoy it too. But but and winning is a lot more fun. <laughs> than losing but now that you've almost had a complete uh trip around the sun so to speak in this in the sunbelt conference comparing it to conference usa this league in your view seems a lot more um offensive minded than the old league yes i do yeah i really do and you know i think early on people would ask me what do you think and i i would say you know, you need to let me get to the end of the year before I give that because I haven't had enough to evaluate these programs. But I think right now I would say that Sunbelt seems more offensive than Conference USA. And I say that because I just – I haven't seen the elite arms that that we had in Conference USA through pretty much out the league. And not not that they're not there, but I just – I haven't seen that. But I have seen offense. I have seen strong hitters that, that uh, you know, can, can really can really hit. So, yeah, I would have to say it's more of an offensive league than it is a pitching, pitching league. All right, Coach, no rest for the weary. Tulane back in here tomorrow night. And then, should, should I say it, South Alabama Ooh, here yes. for the week. At least we're not going to have yes. to hear their the, – the bags are full of jags, so that that won't happen, uh, right? Oh, I've heard that, and I've heard that enough in my life down there. Trust me. <laughs> you told me one we time. Always, 
we always kid about that. And, and <laughs> I think one time I was talking to Lane and I said, oh, man, you know what you don't want to hear down there? And I'll be dang, the first inning, we got to hear it that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I remember good, a few years ago you saying that on the show. You don't want to be in Mobile and hear the bags are full of Jags. So I always That's listen right. to it. So we don't we don't expect them to be anything but tough. And you you told me something I wasn't really aware of. They've won like five straight conference series, so they're they're playing better than their overall record would indicate. They are, they are. Yes, I think they're twenty one and twenty one, uh, but but they've won their last five series, and you know that's what you strive to do. Obviously, now I would have been yesterday. I I would have been very disappointed had we not swept that series because we have you know you have to sweep that series yesterday, but. You know, at the end of the day, everybody will tell you, hey, if you win your series, that's, you know, that's what you're trying to do. And, and that's what they have done. They've won the last five. So, but before we get to them, you know, we've got to get to right, Lane, who, right. you know, who was right there to beat us last Tuesday in New Orleans. And, and uh, they're coming off a tough weekend where they should have won the series at East Carolina. But they were only able to take one, and mm-hmm. they should have took two out of three, but they didn't. But that's kind of been the story of their their season. Uh, in talking to their coach last Tuesday, they're they're always right there, but just somehow they it, they don't get it done. So right. hopefully, you know, tomorrow we can we can get it done against them, play a good game, and 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 then move to the next one. Right, just a minute left. But th- these are the teams now. That, now that we've switched to the Sun Belt, we're going to see regularly as midweek games. Is that right? Tulane, Louisiana Tech, Southeast Louisiana, those types of regional schools. Fair to say? Oh uh, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. UNO uh, UNO, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, they'll be in there too. And anybody else, I mean if we can pull anybody that's from the north down here playing somebody on on a weekend series and they just come down for the week. You know, we did that a couple oh, it's been a few years ago with Columbia we had them down, and I think they were sandwiched in between, like Southeastern and, and Mississippi State. So we played them in a couple of midweek games. So we're always looking mm-hmm. for that. But losing South Alabama, Troy, Monroe, and Lafayette as potential midweek games, you know, that's hurt us in, in trying to build that schedule. Coach, with all your scheduling power, surely you can get Ole Miss on the football schedule. Nobody's asked me. I'll get them on there. Do we want them? Is that what we <laughs> Let's <want>? go. <laughs> Let's go. Well, I know one thing. I don't know what the deal is with football and basketball. But baseball, that's one good thing about baseball. Everybody's willing to play, play everybody. There you I'm, go. I'm thankful for that. So. Yeah, we always look forward to those games. That's for sure. All right, Coach. All right. Thanks a lot, my friend. And we'll All talk right, to guys. you next week. Thank you. All right. Bye. Coach Scott Berry, everybody. Best in the land, my friend. He can make it happen, guys. I'm yeah. telling you. Good week for the Golden. I mean, it was fun yesterday. It was like a home run derby. It was, it was crazy. It was just a lot of This fun. is probably the most relaxed Eagle fans have been all year yeah. long. Yeah. Those home runs, <laughs> man, there's something. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. All right. Our thanks to head baseball coach Scott Berry. Always appreciate uh, his input on the Eagle Hour, and uh, we always, always enjoy our conversations with him. Four Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of the program. Great place to have lunch tomorrow. Would have been today, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's good every day. 
They're located right in the shadow of the rock. We appreciate Slade and all they do. Also want to thank Jana King, the King of Clean, for their sponsorship of our show. They've been working together for over 35 years, cleaning places of work, education, medical, uh, medical facilities, eateries, stadiums, and churches. They can do the same thing for your business. Just go to Janet King Cleans, Janet King Cleans. Com. Golden Eagles, RPI this morning, uh, number 25 in the nation. They're 28 and 15 on the year, 14 and 7 uh, in uh, in conference play. And uh, Luke, uh, unpredictable baseball conference. I was a little surprised when Scott pointed out to me that the South Owls won five straight weekend series. So that's uh, not going to be an easy task this weekend. If you remember about basketball, how everybody was bunched up. Right now in the Sun Belt, there are, count them, 10 teams better than 500. 10 teams. Mm. This is what happened this weekend. South Al took two of three from Troy. Texas State uh, took two of three from ODU on, on the road. Georgia State swept Marshall. At home, uh, Georgia Southern swept ULM. Include we got to come back in the fourth segment. Tell our listeners about Game Two in that that series. Uh, of course, Southern Miss uh, swept Arkansas State. Coastal took two out of three from uh, from Louisiana. Uh, Cajuns won the first game. Got me excited, and then uh, dropped the the last two. The one yesterday was an extra innings, but but Coastal won two out of three. And then uh, Appalachian State uh, took two or three from from James Madison. Updated. Uh, Sunbelt standings, Coastal, one game in front of the Eagles in first place, 15-6. and six. Eagles all alone at 14-7. and seven. Georgia Southern has climbed back. They're 13-8 and eight all alone in third. Texas State, 12-9 and nine in fourth, and this is what, where it gets interesting. Appalachian State, 11-9. Troy, Old Dominion, Louisiana, Georgia State, and South Alabama, all 11-10. and 10. And when you look at the RPI, the conference is, is uh, starting to, uh, to reflect it, guys. Uh, I think I counted it nine teams now in the top 100. Coastal at seven, Southern Miss at 25, Troy at 33, Texas State sliding up in the top 50 at 47, Old Dominion at 60, Georgia Southern at 69, Louisiana at 77, Georgia State now in the top 100 at 91, App State just on the outside at 102, and then South Alabama at 109. So so 10 teams in uh, in the top 110 in the country. And when you were talking about South Al, Bob, winning the, their last five series, even if South Al would have lost their last five It would worry you. There's no question. <laughs> No. It's like they got the mojo on no, us. There's no question. Anytime they come here, you got to be concerned. You uh-huh. know, you know, it's not gonna. It's just simply not gonna be easy. But the Eagles are playing really well. They're playing yeah. with confidence. They're playing with a little bit of swagger, and they're heading down that home stretch. They're clicking on all cylinders, and that's all you can hope for. I have one you question know? to the Golden Eagle Nation. Uh, you you bought the stadium out. You bought every ticket, right? So where are you? Where are you? Where are you every weekend? I mean, from from the standpoint of butts in the seat, I think it's less than last year. Even though even though the uh, the games are all sold out, if you're listening to me, why in the world do you buy season baseball tickets and then not come to the game? And if you can't come, get there, away. There's a lot lot of people that would like to come. Well, let me give a little testimony to that. So so Dad couldn't go Sunday, and uh, so he he sent me his season tickets. And uh, I just made a post, and and this this dad hit me up, and uh, he and his son got to sit in my parents' spot right above uh, third base, and man, he sent me this is on Facebook. He sent me 
like 15 pictures. His kid was glowing from ear to ear after the game, got to stand on the pitcher's mound, pictures with Coach Barry, Reese Ewing, uh, Pato, I mean, Tanner Hall, Dusty, everybody. And it was – this kid was wearing a Southern Miss shirt and just talked about – he said, thank you for the bottom of my heart for for allowing me and my kid. And so to your point, Bob – I, if you've if you've got tickets, there are people that don't have access to them that want to be at Pete Taylor Park and cheer on the Golden Eagles. Look, I got to tell you this real quick. This is about your boy Dustin Dickerson. I was on the field Friday, Saturday after the game, grabbing some interviews. We'll have those tomorrow. Reese Ewing, Tanner Hall, Christopher Sargent. My wife is up uh, waiting on me, and uh, she she oversees this. Uh, Dustin Dickerson is hanging around after the game, and there's a, right at the end of the stadium is this group of about a half a dozen little boys, little guys, all with their USM stuff on, and they are just chattering away to Dustin Dickerson, and he's just standing there answering all their questions and talking to him. So then they start asking him for stuff. They ask him for his hat. I can't give you my hat, guys. They ask him for his sunglasses. Well, guys, these these are expensive sunglasses. I just can't give them Give them to you. They kept asking him for stuff, Luke, till one of them said, well, can I have your socks? And my <laughs> wife said, Dustin kind of stopped and said, what? You want my socks? <laughs> he didn't give them the socks, but uh, it, it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying. She said she had the impression he would have sat there for 30 minutes talking to those kids as long as, as, long as they wanted to converse with him and – and communicate with Dustin Dickerson. He he was he was all for it. it. It speaks to the quality of the entire baseball program. Uh, these are high caliber kids. Wristbands are usually the most popular item. Yeah. That's yeah. One time at a football game, some kid grabbed my helmet and ran off. Thankfully, we got that back. But but yeah, it happens. But I, I think too though, the guy that we just got off the phone with, and I will say this, I will say this, I will say this, as long as he is at Southern Miss, Scott Barry. Is the greatest deal in Division One sports. Period. No. Period. You're right for for several reasons. Look at the track record. Look at the postseason. Look at what he's done. But it's the fact that he is the most down to earth dude. He doesn't walk around with a pomp. He doesn't walk. He will talk to anybody. He will take pictures with anybody after games. He's thankful for for uh, just thankful for our fans. And 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 it's really hard to have. An environment of of arrogance and standoffishness when the man's setting the tempo for the for the culture of the program is like. It's, it's, it's funny what you said. I, I I was talking to Jeremy McLean Saturday, and I said, told him, I said, you know, last year Rick Cleveland told us that he believes Scott Barry is the best bargain in all of Division One sport. Big smile comes over Jeremy McLean's face, and he says, "I think there's absolutely no doubt that's true." And that's to not, be to be blunt. He works cheap. It's public record. We Compared. know what he makes. Yeah. He he got a raise the last couple of years. The last public record that, that I saw was was right at two hundred thousand dollars. Well somebody that, that is crazy. Somebody that's not going to be working cheap next year is Eric Scott, Luke. Absolutely. So over the weekend, Golden Eagles uh, with the draft. Uh, one Golden Eagle gets drafted. Cowboys trade it up uh, to uh, to the first pick of the sixth round, 
Eric Scott goes. Uh, Bob, I did text Will Hall over the weekend, and I said, Coach, how can I pull for East Scott and not have to pull for the Cowboys? Um, but but congratulations uh, to him. How about him them and, Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> but, but, I mean, yeah, what, what a tremendous uh, for, for, for him to get drafted. And then, Kelly, you start looking at these guys. Rumor on the street is that uh, Aaron Rodgers made one request when he went to New York. He wanted to throw the football to, to Jason Brownlee, right, Kelly? And he got that wish as Jason Brownlee signed a free agent deal uh, with with the Jets, and uh, there will be some other free agent uh, signings, and actually some of them have, have taken yeah. place. But when you look at other members of the Sun Belt that were drafted, Old Dominion set a school record yesterday, three Monarchs taken in the draft over the weekend. Offensive tackle Nick Saldaveri got taken in the fourth round by the Saints. The Saints got some offensive line help out of the Sun Belt. Trey Hawkins, a defensive back, went in the sixth round of the Giants. And Zach Kuntz, the tight end for Old Dominion, went in the seventh round to the Jets. There's some more throwing help for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, App State had two players taken. A defensive end, Nick Hampton, went in the fifth round to the Rams. Cooper Hodges, an offensive tackle, went in the seventh round to the Jaguars. Then four other schools had, uh, besides, of course, uh, the Southern Miss player, uh, Scott, Troy, Jake Andrews, the offensive tackle, went in the fourth round to the Patriots. South Al had an Oak Grove kid, Daryl Luter, who's a defensive back, by way of Pearl River Community College, went to South Al, was taken in the fourth round by the 49ers. So congratulations to a homegrown kid here. Darrell Luter goes to the 49ers. And then Louisiana's Andre Jones and defensive end went in the seventh round to the commanders. So his career's over. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Before well, it gets started. You know, right? And having been a lifelong Redskin fan, let me say this, whether you love them or, or hate them, there is a mystique about the Dallas Cowboys, and for Eric Scott yeah. to get drafted by that franchise is big time. Yeah, it is, and, and he's going to be good. I mean, you're talking about a guy with basically 40-inch vertical, 80-inch wingspan. He's going to be good. We should also mention uh, Brownlee, like you said, to the Jets. Offensive lineman Takeem Doss, yes. an undrafted free agent to Baltimore. And then Quiwan, Dominique Quiwan, um, is, is headed to rookie minicamp with the Bears. And then, uh, as of three hours ago, it was announced Natron Brooks headed uh, to uh, to the Jets minicamp. So him and Brownlee will be in Ricky minicamp together. No deal for Malik Shorts, not yet. But I mean, these are these are all happening as as we speak. You know, now all the jockeying takes place. But and and it's not you know statistically it's tough for these free agent guys to land somewhere. But you know, we, we wish them the best of luck. And yep. if you don't believe in yourself, how can anybody else believe right. in you? So we Bob we believe speaking. in them. Bob, speaking to uh, the commander's um, situation, I actually got a text from one of their scouts today. They were asking me to come back out of retirement. Well, go, Luke. That would give me some reason to cheer for them. And, 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 when, and when they yeah. took their drafts, Bob, they went up there and said, take command, take command. Stop no it. way. Stop yeah. It. yeah, that's Stop what they it. say now. Stop it, please. Stop <laughs> it. Hail to the Redskins. Take command. <laughs> Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this first day of the week, Monday, brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. DBATHattiesburg.com. 
Baseball softball season obviously in full swing, and uh, as the season wraps down, you can still get plenty of instruction and uh, work on that swing at DBAT and get into some of the best shape of your life over at D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. This is, guys, it's May the 1st, and it feels like March the 1st outside. Yesterday, Bob, I mean, it was breezy, that bomb fest at Pete Taylor Park, but it's like round two today. I mean, this weather is absolutely incredible. It's kind of cool yesterday at Pete Taylor Park, a little bit, to tell you the truth. Love it, because because you know 90 degrees with 90% humidity will be here before you know it. I remember what the the regional and the super regional felt like last year weather-wise. So enjoy this. I felt like a piece of bacon in a skillet. Enjoy this. this Absolutely. And this is May 1st, you guys, but the Sunbelt Conference has announced that Football media days are coming up and have been scheduled for Tuesday and Wednesday, July 25th and 26th. They will be staged at the New Orleans Sheraton Hotel. Uh, the 25th, it'll be the West Division's day to... In less than 90 days. Road trip. I agree. The 25th. 20- Easy. The 25th, Will Hall and the Eagles will take the stage uh, down there at the New Orleans Sheraton. And one of the guys that will be on the stage that day will be Texas State's new coach, G.J. Kine, who takes over the Bobcat program. Then on July 26th, the Eastern Division will take center stage. And the only new coach in the Eastern Division will be Coastal Carolina's New coach, Tim Beck, who was the offensive coordinator at NC State. So football right around the corner, believe it or not. Media days, July 25th and 26th. Can yeah. we take a road trip? Yeah, to I think so. Talking about road trips, uh, Luke and I will be at Mobay Beignet Thursday. We'll be at the Old Katoma River Festival in Collins on Friday. On the 18th of May, we will be at Columbia Block and Brick, our first ever appearance there. And then... On May 24th through 26th, Luke Johnson and I will be in Huntsville, Alabama for the uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Montgomery, Montgomery right. Alabama for the conference championship. We're in a different conference, Bob. Yes, We're not in conference the championship. conference. So you're, all, you're good with that, right, Luke? Well, some yeah. baseball down on the river in Montgomery, Alabama. Biscuit Stadium. It's going to be uh, fun. Luke's going to buy uh, dinner every night. Man, I can't wait. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm already set to – According to you guys, I'd be buying that from Lauren's salary, so we won't even get into that. <laughs> She's welcome to come. She can come, too. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, I need to uh, I need to mention this, though. We need we need to get Sean Taylor on, on the show – his ladies in beach volleyball over the weekend, the Sunbelt Championship, yes. took a hard loss to Coastal Carolina on Thursday, faced elimination on Friday, and beat Mercer, ULM, and College of Charleston in a triple header elimination. Yeah, how about on that? On Friday. And, and had to face Coastal, got knocked out, but reached the semifinals. And this was a team that didn't perform like they wanted to throughout the year, but were right on the verge. And Friday was what Southern Miss Sports is all about. They had their back against the wall three times. Yeah. And a stove off elimination. And Coach Taylor, um, in, in a, just in a few years of the job is, is doing a great job. We'll get him on. Should mention, um, softball as well. Uh, they fall to South Alabama over the weekend. Uh, they are 20 and 22 overall. And this was actually their last, uh, home series of the weekend. They will finish out the regular season this coming Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at Georgia State. Rumor has it, though, Bob, South Alabama had a little trouble leaving town. 
Yeah. Yeah, their 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 tires on their bus for some reason were flattened. I I don't know how in the world that uh, happened. Does right. Kelly have minions throughout the hub city? Is I that how that so. works? So nine conference games left, one game behind. Luke, if you got there in front of you real quickly, who does Coastal finish the year with? Pretty much the same teams that the that the Eagles do. A Is little that bit. right? I think this right. one's I mean, got the Cajuns left. I know that. Well, they just they just took two or three right. from from the Cajuns right. uh, this past week, and that was the one where you you hope to at least get one. They got App State at home this coming weekend, which. I don't know. I mean, App State yeah. took two or three from J- JMU. Not and they're sure a big what's going rival. On. They're a big rival. Then they got to go to Stanky though. Second weekend of May, they got to go down to Eddie Stanky that's Field in Mobile. That's that's where you hope that South Al pulls it. Then they're going to sweep Marshall um, the the last uh, game. Yeah, uh, or yeah. the last series of the season. Can can we mention the uh, Georgia Southern UM ULM yeah, game? That yeah, was, that was terrible. Terrible. Tell, Thirty-five ahead, to eight, gentlemen. That's just not good for our former coach down there, is it? No. And and you know what's the point? I why, mean, why would you score? Th- I, I I didn't see the game, so I mean, what do you do? I, I you can't ask your guys to go up there and strike out. But no, and and I remember one time in football. This is a, in a football game that that Florida State came here to Hattiesburg and really put it on the Eagles. And I remember Bobby Bowden, the late Bobby Bowden, was asked about air quotes running up the score. And Bobby Bowden said, look, I had my third-string guys in there. And what does a third-string guy want to do? He wants to become a second-string guy. And a second-string guy wants to become a first-string guy. And the way they do that is to perform when they get in. You can't expect them to roll over. So so why don't you ask your coach why your team is so bad, not why we're so good? It's baseball, guys. I mean, ULM, Fed, Fed beat Mississippi State earlier in the year. They beat Memphis. You know, they've... It's just, it's baseball. They took two out of three from App State. They beat Louisiana Tech. Just baseball. There we go. All right. We'll probably be talking more about that very sport tomorrow, would be my guess. That'll be at 1 o'clock. We hope you'll join us. And until then, we would like to say Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Southern Miss keeps on slipping. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.